0: I gotta say, we're in for good days ahead. You know they say Armah Khan's coming. Jesus is coming. (laughs) Don't let don't let anything. You know it's interesting. The kingdom of God. You know, the devil came along and said, you know, you know, worship, i will give you the kingdoms. And whatever we focus on, whenever we fixate on, we're worshiping. Don't get fixated on anything except Jesus. Worship him, let him be the focus of your heart. Wake up with him, go through the day with him. Go to bed at night and worshiping. Let your heart be so focused towards him. Enjoy him. And you know, whoo! (laughs) <laughs> he's going to be with you. he'll walk with you, you'll go through this. and this too shall pass. But he's faithful and true. So you know uh, red doesn't kick in until tomorrow, so come along, let's worship the Lord tonight at our place. Let's make the most of it. let's just let's just party until they say, have a break and then we just party in small groups. <laughs> good oh thanks worship team and great michael to have you on the drums again and nika to be uh, we missed michael nice to have you back and nika helping with the vocals and and so uh praise the lord listen i just want to let's just all stand right now and in a posture of openness and surrender let's get ready for the word of god to come in and have its way in our heart and in our life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And you know, Fanafi, I just see I just see you with the arrows in your hand, smiting them on the ground again and again and again and again. You have not stopped smiting the arrows. And uh, because of that, the victory that ultimately you will see will be everything that you would want to see. You have not held back. You have carried on with that prophetic word that was spoken to you. You have held and smitten and you have held and smitten. You have smitten those arrows again and again and again. And uh, the the uh, you will find this year will be a year of incredible breakthrough. Seeing God moving to the left and to the right. And so well done, my sister, for continuing to hit those arrows to the ground. For those of you who don't know the story, the prophet speaks to a king and says, you know, grab a hold of those arrows. He hits a few times and he says, to the degree that you hit will be the degree of your victory. And uh, so um, watch uh, Fanafi as she walks into what God has in store for her this coming year, continuing to smite with those arrows in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Uh, Sam, I see you pointing in a direction. And you've got someone with you, and you're pointing in a direction you're giving clear direction and i believe that god's going to give you a connection with someone in the future and you're going to have a a defining influence in getting them in a certain direction that god has for them maybe it's leading them to the lord maybe it's into some form of uh, the next step that god i just see you pointing the way and so father as sam just continues to follow your leading lord help him to see that opportunity that he would know who it is that he's giving that sense of direction, that pointing the way to, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for our brother Seth. We honor him as a father of the movement, as apostolic leader. We are so grateful for him. And we now lift up his family. We lift up the ministry of hope around New Zealand and around the world. We pray, Lord, that this year would be a year of expansion to the left and to the right. We pray for strength. We pray for uh, strategic positionings in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I thank you. Lord, as Seth gives that word, Father, it would wing its way to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank
1: you. Amen. Amen. Good afternoon. Oh, you can have good evening if you want. Good future. Oh, I just talked to church this side. Good future. Yeah, you know, one of the things that we were hearing this morning, Tony, in the first session, talk about kingdoms. And one of the things that uh, you can add this to your notes, Tony, is every kingdom has its own language. And the kingdom of darkness has a language of fear, but the kingdom of heaven has a language of faith. And so we can always tell what kingdom is influencing someone's life by are they speaking faith and are, are they speaking fear? You know, we've, we've had COVID and now we're going into another thing and, and someone asked me at the beginning of the year, they said, have you got a word for this? I says, yeah, COVID has come, COVID will go, but the kingdom of heaven is still on top. And and. You know, one of the things I love is some of you know I was involved with farming a little bit when I was young, last millennium. And so, one of the things the Bible describes us as sheep. Now, one of the things that sheep do is they see fences as an opportunity to go through, they see gates where others see boundaries. And, and, and that's what's been going on around New Zealand. you see some people, and, and so they, they can see the fence, but other people see the opportunity. And, and I'm the person who sees the opportunity, and, 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 and so th- some words are written that are never fully defined, so I define them myself because that's the way it is. If they're not fully defined, then define it in the widest possible way. That's called faith. If you define it in the narrowest way, that's called fear, and so it's important that that we are not defined by fear, but we are defining our lives by faith, and so I just want to quickly share some things this morning, because like you and me, you know, we get hungry and it's lunchtime, but in the meantime, you can have a good feed of the Word of God, but there's a good good drink of the Spirit going to be here as well, and so... You know, we've been given scriptures because the Bible says that scriptures are for our instruction and our equipping, upon whom the culmination of the ages has come. Now, you and I are living closer to the return of Jesus than anyone ever has. We've never been closer to the return of Jesus, and therefore the scriptures are for us like they've never been for previous generations. I was blessed. I was preaching in St. Paul's Cathedral in Wellington right next to Parliament just a few weeks ago. It was awesome. I got invited there and, and, we, and we did this and I was allowed to preach about the Holy Spirit and it was so cool. And, and uh, one of the leaders came up to me afterwards and said, I've never laughed in church like this before. I said, well, <laughs> welcome to a new world. <laughs> so you know joy is not sort of a philosophical term it's an experiential dimension of the kingdom of god and so now it says that all these stories are there for our instruction and everything else instruction without encounter is only information and that's why all the way through scripture people were to encounter god to experience god you can't sort of experience. You either do or you don't. As some of you know, I have one wife and five daughters, and this is what I've learned. My wife was never sort of pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not pregnant. You can't be kind of pregnant. And so it is with God. You can't be kind of following God. Some of you know it. 18 months ago, I, I had a heart operation, and the, the, the night before, the surgeon, he's telling me all about, you know, just telling me the stuff, and, and, and telling me, you know, Seth, it's just like this, and effectively, we kill you, and we put you on life support, and we take you down as low as we can, and then these are the statistics of people who don't come back and everything else, and I'm going, yeah, yeah, actually, he's like, make my day, um, so I mean, what have I got to fear? I've got heaven in front of me, it's like, and in the end, he said to me, and, and I said some other things, and he said, "You've got a strong faith." And so I said, "Well, I've never found the value of a weak faith. And it's like <laughs> I've never found a value in that." God wants us to be encountering him because that's how we get discipled. You don't get discipled by information. You get discipled by being conformed and being changed, by having encounters. You see, I, I, my, my body is not what it used to be. I, I'm not talking about the round. People are saying to me, Seth, when are you going to get into shape? I thought round was a shape. And so <laughs> the reality is that there's opportunities for for us to have an encounter which leaves a mark on our life, and that's why it talks about the mark of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, this is just a, a simple message today, but it's foundational because this is what God wants us to have. A major story all the way through Scripture is the story of the children of Israel going from Egypt to the Promised Land. Of all the stories, that story is And I haven't been able to yet do a fully extensive since God started to unveil this to me. But at least two-thirds if not three-quarters of the books of the Bible refer to this story. To what it was to get people from Egypt to the promise. You and I are on a journey from Egypt to the promise. We're on an Egypt is a type of the world, it's describing, the, and, and, and as we were hearing before, it's the fact is we're born in one kingdom, we have to go into the second, and so it is. Our thinking gets shaped by the world, and therefore we've got to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit into having new thinking. When I was trying to learn arithmetic at school, my teachers didn't like my logic but they were trying to teach us that one plus one equals two. And I said, no, it doesn't. And they said, yes, it does. I said, no, one plus one is 11 because two sticks make 11. And they're like, ah. And I said, you're the one who said that's 11, so two sticks together must be 11. How does one plus one suddenly get a wiggle in it? And 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 they, Seth, and that's like it is for Christians. Sometimes we try to rationalize everything and try to take it out of some other reference point when God wants to suddenly say, this is this, this is this, now believe. And the only reason why you can believe is because you believe. And he is the one who helps us believe. Only one person God himself is the one who helps us believe. Your intellect won't help you believe. Your intellect will think you out of the kingdom, but your belief will enter you into the kingdom. You see, we are seeing lots of circumstances in our world today. I was talking, I was ministering into Belgium on Friday night. It was quite funny, the, the, the leader there, and he's involved with gathering up leaders from all across Belgium every two weeks. And he said, you know, and we've now got a new name for Omicron. And I said, oh, what's that? A cold. <laughs> he said, because that's what it is. He says, we're all got, and he says, it's just like you've got a heavy cold. And I was like, oh. And you see, we can easily see the worst or we can go, by my God, I'm going to walk through the, this. By my God, I'm going to overcome. And if we don't, guess what? I've got a home in glory land that outshines the sun. And if you haven't got a home in glory and if you don't have that assurance, then get born again. It's quite simple. And so out of this story with all the distractions and all the stuff that's going on, out of the story of, of the children of Israel from Egypt to the promised land, there's incredible truth, for, revelation for us so that we're not enslaved, but we journey to freedom. I mean, how much freedom can we have? Well, that's a good question. I'm so glad you asked. And so we'll just continue. The children of Israel were sent a deliverer in the form of Moses. And the story goes that Moses wasn't even sure what he wanted to do. Because he was for a period of time he was shaped by Egypt. And then he had to be unshaped. Or actually have an encounter with God that shaped him differently. And it's really interesting when you look at the story of Moses. He's there and he sees a bush that's not consumed. The Bible says it's not burning up. And God speaks to him and he goes, Oh, and then God says to him, What's that in your hand? And he says, Well, it's my stick. And so God says, throw it down. So he throws it down, becomes a snake. And the Bible says, Moses ran away. You see, there's many times when God will supernaturally move by his power and Christians will run away. We've seen that in revival after revival because they're trying to filter a move of God through the thinking of Egypt. Through the thinking of their past. We've got to do our understanding from the future, not the past. Because faith is never about the past, faith is about what is yet to come. And so, because Paul says in Romans, How can you hope for what you already have? You hope for what is yet to come. So, Moses, he throws a stick down and eventually he, he sort of, Can you just imagine? I, I love the thought of it, you know, Moses, pick it up, Moses. Mm-hmm those things kill, pick it up, it might work right, pick it up, ah. we don't know what went on, so he picks it up, and it comes a stick again, in other words, it's now part of his story, because the shepherd's staff was what they would carve their, their life story on, and so, and then he says, God says to him, I'm going to send your brother to you, Aaron, and, and, and this is what you're to do, oh, but before that happens, put your hand inside. So he puts his hand in, take it out, it's now leprous. Ah! That's like a death sentence. Can you imagine? Oh, I'm going to die! Put it back in again. Oh. 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 How many Christians, when God starts to move, they start to go, oh, this is what's going to, oh. They think the worst. Dumb. And so, He's there, and then he's told, and by the way, you're going to take some water out of the Nile, tip it on the ground, and it'll turn to blood. So this was God showing Moses, I'm with you, and that your obedience is based on the power of God and not your intellect, and that's why Paul talks about it later on. I didn't come with wise and persuasive words, but a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith is not what your brain says, but it's based on what God can do. And it's important for us as we are facing all these t- tumultuous times. Oh, we in red, orange. I mean, the government's not even following its own rules. Sorry, if you, if you its rules are, it's got to be like this, and they haven't even been following their own rules. I'm just, my logic engineer's brain. And so then he meets Aaron, And says, hey, get out. Oh, it's good to see you. Hey, by the way, I met God. Look at this. He throws a stick down. This is what the Bible says. He throws a stick down. Can you imagine Aaron going, hmm, interesting? (laughs) I would imagine he was like, oh, oh, look at this. Ah!" (laughs) That's what the Bible says. And it's so easy for us just to skip past all this stuff. We so often talk about when the stick went down in front of Pharaoh, but that was the fourth time it had happened. And then, we love to tell the story about, but their snake ate the other snakes. No, their power overcame the other power. And never let us forget that the power of God has got more power than the devil. And so if the devil says something, I, I just thank God that that. I I had a pastor who would say sometimes, you can look at what religion is doing, but it always started somewhere where God was moving, and then humans took it away from the power of God and brought it into human capability. Look past the human capability. How did it start? Somebody had an encounter with God. And so Scripture is full of those of people who look to the power of the promise and not to their current circumstances, or to dwell in the slavery of the past. You see, our past can enslave us, and so if you want a title for this attempt at a message, you can call it From Slavery to Sonship, or From Slavery to Daughtership. Think of Daniel, we read, and then it gets to the end of the book, and he says, and Daniel... Knowing the 70 years was nearly up, he says, right, I'm waiting, God. Why? Because he was possessed by a promise that God said, this is only going to last for this amount of time. And there is times when so many times people can just focus on the here and now instead of the promise of God. What is the promises of God we have? Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Oh, I'm feeling so alone. Get born again. People say, you're so rude. Yes, I am. But sometimes we've just got to confront all the soulish rubbish that goes on. We're not supposed to be led by the soul. We're supposed to be led by the spirit. What about Simeon, an old man, Simeon? He must have been my first cousin. He he was there, and for all these years, he'd just been coming in. Why? Because God had promised him, you will see the fulfillment of my promise. Imagine what it was to get up every morning. Where are you going? I'm going down because today I might see the fulfillment of the promise of God. Whoa! And then suddenly it says, moved by the Spirit. And he says, okay, now I can die. I'm done. I've seen it. Everyone else saw a baby. He saw the fulfillment of of the purposes of God, he saw the savior of the world. He saw the one that was going to reign supreme over everything. And so as we look, is your life shaped by the promises of God, or is it shaped by what you've seen, or shaped by your past? Eventually, Pharaoh, of course, let the children of Israel go. I mean, he was a bit thick, but he did let them go. And then the Bible says that, they describe it as the Egyptians so wanted them to go that the Israelites came along and said, hey, I need your gold. And they gave it, and I I need your best stuff. That's what it says. The Israelites went along and and asked. People have asked me, how have we walked in so much favor? Because you asked for it. Most people don't ask for it because, oh, you know what that is? That's false humility. It's actually pride, because you're worried about what people might think about you. That's pride. Pride separates you from the promises of God. The Bible then describes it as so much wealth was given them that it was like they plundered the Egyptians. That's what the Bible describes it as. So we're not able to gather like we after. Let's plunder the Egyptians. We're going to take a whole generation out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Why? Not through intellectual discourse, through a demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power. And so, so off the Israelites go. But there's just one small problem. They're out now in the wilderness, they're out in the desert, and they walk walking to the promise. There's just no water. And sometimes... We we're hearing that from Tony before. That sometimes it can be seem like, oh my goodness, has this got hard? So what did God do? The very thing that was defining their environment, the rocks. God. <laughs> turned a rock into the source of water that could supply all their needs. And what is the promise? Oh God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. We've got to look at the promise, not the circumstance. We've got to look at the faithfulness of God, the loyalty of God. God is loyal to his promise. The dictionary doesn't says this that loyalty is not a contract thing. Loyalty is a heart issue and that's why God is looking for loyalty a heart issue people whose heart is fixed towards him shangarama so God used a rock to make water wow kaposhunda reba Shunda. And then in Nehemiah, we read how God, it says, for 40 years, you sustained them. Their shoes didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. Poor farmers couldn't have sales because, you know, they're just, you didn't need new clothes. I mean, all the young ladies there, they, they, they were a bit disappointed because what was it going to be? It was last decade's fashions. It was like, <laughs> I'm teasing young ladies because I had five daughters. I, I know how this works. And so... It was the river. <laughs> oh, sure. It was the river that God supplied that sustained the children of Israel as they journeyed from the place of slavery to the place of destiny. It was the river, and Paul picks it up and says, They were all caused to drink the same spiritual drink. Egypt, as I said, is a type of the world. And we have significant promises. The significant promise. Three things Jesus said he would do. He would call. He would send the Holy Spirit. And he would come again. He watches over his word. He's loyal to his promise. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We have a promise that the glory of God is going to be released on the earth. The knowledge of the glory of God is going to be there as the waters cover the sea. Oh my whoa, whoa. And, and, and yet it's so easy to go through life and just leave that promise somewhere in the cupboard. But that's a promise, that the glory of God is going to be revealed, and every eye is going to see it. Oh, yeah. You see, the Spirit of God is at work in the world. It's so easy to live in New Zealand and get an attitude, oh, we're just down at the bottom of the earth. Who said that? Who said, I'm at the bottom of the earth? I'll tell you who said it, an immoral, godless king who had 13 children and not one could inherit the throne, and he said, this is the reference point as you map out the world, and that's why we have Greenwich meantime, and the whole world is ma- mapped out from his palace up there in England, and that's when they decide, dis- decide what's up and what's down. I'll tell you what's up, the kingdom of God is up, yeah. Ha. The righteousness of God, the holiness of God, that's up. When you walk in that, then everything else is below. And that's why it says that we're seated with him in heavenly places. Oh, kapu Shunda. I go to some places around New Zealand. I've only been able to do that the last two years. But you go around and you strike, oh, did you feel the darkness? No, I'm seated with him in heavenly places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If your thinking is dark, get saved. You know, and there's so, and part of the glory, when we look in scripture is, part of God's glory is a revelation of inheritance, inheritance, there's an inheritance for the saints, there's an inheritance for the sons and the daughters, oh yeah, I, went and I was with, saw my dad yesterday, he's got Alzheimer's now. And uh, so he's getting looked after, and, and I visit him, and the staff think it's funny, because his brain's a bit not always there. But the moment I walk in, Seth, Yeah. I, and so guess what I say to him? Dad, would you hurry up and die? I want my inheritance. <laughs> and he just laughs at me. And you say, that's so rude. No, that's his son talking to your dad who, who he loves and honors it's like in the will, I got the car Will I get the car so it was dad's 90th birthday I think it was 90th something like that and he told everyone as we gathered he said you know in the will, Seth gets the car and he's always said he wants a Lamborghini so you know I've been telling dad to upgrade all, all through the years <laughs> and and so he said, I've decided that Seth doesn't have to wait till I die before he gets a Lamborghini. And he gave me this big model Lamborghini. <laughs> so, so, uh, the, the reality is, when you have a relationship as a son with the father, then you're not in fear. You're not in, oh, I might offend them. If you think you're going to offend your father, get born again because you're living as a slave, not a child. The reality is 1 John 3 says this, Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it hasn't even yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. We're not going to see Him through a cloud, not going to see Him through a, a veil. We're going to see Him as He is. Oh, I was talking about the journey. And there's a paraphrase that says that the children of Israel, they all drank from the river, but they died in the wilderness, a whole generation. You see, it's important for us not to miss out on obtaining the promises of God. And if we look at the giants, if we look at the difficulties, if we look at the desert, we'll miss out on the promise. But if we continue to drink from the river given to us, the river of God's delight, religion has kept many of God's children locked in slavery for centuries, just like the Israelites were locked for centuries in Egypt. But praise God for the Holy Spirit who is here to guide us and to lead us, just like the book of Nehemiah says, that your spirit guided them and led them and also gave them the drink to drink. I don't know about you, but I am not a secret sipper. I am an open drinker. (laughs) (laughs) The destiny of the children of Israel was not to be slaves. Their destiny was to be overcomers and possessors of the promise. You and I are not destined to be slaves to fear. The whole language of New Zealand at the moment is fear, fear, fear. And then people say, oh, it's wisdom. No, it's fear. There's a wisdom which comes from above. Which brings peace. Is the wisdom we're hearing from the earth bringing peace? No, it's bringing fear. Therefore, we know it's not from heaven. I'm not speaking against the government. I'm talking about a spiritual entrapment that's come upon our nation and upon nations of the world. But there is hope because God is pouring out His Spirit and it's all shuck up or under. And if we will drink of the river, if we will drink of the river of delight, we will be changed from slaves to... To fear to overcomers of faith. Whoa, couple, <laughs> And it's important for us to be known as overcomers, not slaves to fear. Whoa, their destiny, the Israelites' destiny, was to possess the promise that had been given to Abraham. Our destiny is not to be shaped by fear, not to be enslaved by fear, not to be entrapped by fear into a thinking which seems right to human thinking. Our destiny is to be the people of promise. Abraham's seed, the people of faith. Our destiny is to be those who look for, the Bible say, and hasten unto the coming of Jesus. Oh, rabo shunda. There's a saying I grew up with when I was young, and it's still just as real today. There is always a way through for the child of faith. Oh, gosh. There's always a way through for the child of faith. Why? Because faith parts obstacles. And just as God supplied the Israelites with a river to get them from slavery to inheritors, God is releasing His Spirit for us to drink, to get us Out of fear and into faith. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, we've all been given one spirit to drink. Why drink the spirit of mediocrity? People say to me, Seth, you're a bit extraordinary. I mean, why be ordinary when you can be extraordinary? I mean, why be average when you can be more than that? Ha! Sure. We are invited to drink of the Spirit. That means we take it on. We just take it on. We take it in. And as we keep drinking of the Spirit, we will keep journeying into the promised inheritance of the children of God. We are called to be people of destiny. We are the people of destiny who are to possess the kingdom of God. God's goodness is with us every day. I love the fact that we sang those songs about his goodness. Because surely goodness and mercy are with me every day of my life. Yeah. Oh, I know. Whoa. But you see, if you have fear, you're going to look at something other than the goodness of God. Like the surgeon, he was telling me all the stuff that could go wrong. And I was like, that's okay, make my day. And he was, it, just, it just boggled his brain. Because he was so used to everyone going, and I'm going, yes please. Yes please. I mean, I, I had I had a person a little while ago said to me, "says Would you stop preaching about the second coming?" I said, "Why? Well, well, I, I, I want to see my grandchildren." Well, you still can, because Jesus is going to be here for a 1,000 years. So so I I think that's long enough. (laughs) But in the meantime, you're living in fear. You're living like pushing, oh, some stupid, convoluted, slave-in-shaped thinking. But we're not those people. It's not slaves who enter into the promise of God. It's overcomers. It's overcomers who enter in. And by drinking of the river of God, we get changed from being slaves to being overcomers. So in just a moment, you're going to do some drinking. Now, you can sip if you like, but I really encourage gulping. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, how much can you have? I don't know. Let's find out. As I've said many times, I don't go to church to get drunk. I go to church to stay drunk. It's like, yeah. And all the time, if we're in restriction, just keep drinking. Just keep drinking. Just keep drinking. You see, because hell cannot stop you drinking from the river of God. Only you can stop yourself drinking. Only you can stop drinking from faith and start sipping on fear. Oh, you know what? I'll tell you what fear will do. It'll kill you. It'll kill you. That's why you see so many people, people have been talking about why is there so much an increase of mental health issues and all of the things, because fear has become the language, and it will kill people, emotionally, all sorts of stuff, but faith, that's the spirit of life. Oh, and some people say, but what if it doesn't happen? You'll still look more joyful. <laughs> And as I've said before, all I know is this. Forced joy is far better than genuine depression. <laughs> it's huh. and if you don't know how to be joyful, go find some joke books. I mean, but it's enough to read the Bible and go, look at what God's done. He promised this, and look what he did. He promised this, and look what he did. And he promised to come again, and that's what he's going to do. Can you stand, please? This truth is like a foundational truth. And that's what apostles do. Just simple foundational truths to live by. I'm not sharing something that I haven't done. I was baptized in the Spirit when I was seven years of age. And, and I got baptized in water when I was seven years of age. I Remember the night, it was, it was May 1960. I had just turned seven a few weeks before. And they said, now it's your turn to get in. And I was there. I was just, I was just jumping into the pool. And they grabbed me and they said, no, 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 you've you got to do it. You've got to walk down into it. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I was slightly impetuous even then. <laughs> Someone asked me the other day, how did your mother cope with you? Why do you think she went gray at 35? <laughs> the reality is, I was baptized in the Spirit. I can say I've spoken in tongues every day since. It has done me a lot of good. It's done me a lot of good. It's brought me favor I couldn't bring myself. I never expected to leave New Zealand. I couldn't even speak properly until I was 15. And then God healed me. He's changed me. And He's still changing me. I'm going from glory to glory, and I'm going from faith to faith, and I'm going from victory to victory. That's the journey that we're on, the journey of faith. The journey of fear has no great prize at the end, but the journey of faith, oh, but it doesn't yet, we don't yet know what things can be. Oh, how free can we be? I don't know. Let's find out. How full can we be? Overflowing full. why don't you just posture yourself in some way? Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you that you give yourself to us in ways we don't always understand. Thank you that you make yourself available in ways we don't always understand. We thank you that there is a fullness that we can't comprehend. But I'm asking that this year, It will be a revelation in a whole new way of drinking of the Spirit of God, drinking of the river of God. Drinking, drinking, drinking. This is not a new revelation. Some of the old revival hymns, I'm drinking of the fountain that never shall run dry. Father, I pray a fresh impartation, activation, and a fresh first for the Spirit of God